today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantar. He's saying, this people, I will dwell among this people and be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. See, God brings his people out of Egypt. He gathers his people so that he can dwell among them. Sometimes we, we think of God sort of in a business relationship. Well, God does this for us, and he, he does that so he can get us to do these things. No, no, God gathers this people so that he can dwell among them. Open God, oh my soul, he is strong and he's strong to save. Open God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. Many times believers act as though God is far off in the distance, rather than realizing he pours out his presence in our midst. Just as God promised the Jews that he would dwell among them, Christ has promised us that he will dwell inside of us and make his home in us as his temple. As a believer, your worship should be powerful and intimate. We don't worship God so he will choose to dwell among us. We worship God because he does dwell among us. Are you delighting in his presence? Well, let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 for part one of our message entitled, The Gathering. As we hosted the Voice of the Martyrs conference, and uh, we had the opportunity to, to host almost, I, I think it was over, at or over, like 300 people from El Paso. People had come from uh, Albuquerque and Roswell and uh, all over New Mexico. Um, it, was, it was great, and I just want to say thank you to all of the folks that served um, to make that happen. The, the conference staff at Voice of the Martyrs said that usually they don't have as many folks from the host church volunteer. A lot of times they, they give a building and then they get folks from other churches to volunteer and pull the event off. Um, they said this was, we had just volunteers for whatever they needed and we kept offering more volunteers and they were very grateful. And they said too that, that everybody from our church that served um, was full of joy and they said that it was just like a sweet spirit is the way they described it in the, in the building and um, in our church. So I'm just gonna bring a brief exhortation to try to really focus us as a church because a few years ago we began praying that God would allow us to get involved with global missions on some level. Um, we, we over the years have had a great, great partnerships with other organizations that have themselves been doing international work, but we didn't have a, an individual connection. And somebody asked me um, yesterday, okay, so Ricky, what's, what's the plan? Like, what's our plan now? Like we did this Voice of Martyrs thing. What's our plan for global missions? How are we going to be involved? Um, and, and I said, you know what? Um, I, I think the plan is that we're going to pray. The plan is we're going to pray and ask God, how does he want us to be involved in this? Uh, we really felt like we wanted to jump in, uh, get the church exposed to things like this, and then from there, ask you guys uh, to pray, uh, see where God leads. Um, I know Sonia, uh, at starting up this global missions team, she would love to get in touch with you if this is something that's on your heart. Um, and is Sonia here today? Or she were, yeah, this is Sonia. So if you don't know her, even if you're brand new to the church, uh, talk to Sonia. We would love to be able to um, take what, what we've experienced this weekend and translate it into actions. So what I want to do is I want to point something out in the book of Ephesians. So if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 2 with me. 
Ephesians chapter 2. We are in a series on the book of Ephesians, and I think it's always helpful when we can make a connection between what God is doing uh, in, in other parts of the church and then connect that all the way back down to our own local church and where we live and what we do on sort of a, a weekly, uh, daily basis. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. This is the word of the Lord. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is God's word. I want to just communicate one simple thing. God gathers his people to pour out his presence and we respond by pouring out worship. God gathers his people to pour out his presence, to, to dwell among his people, and we respond to that by pouring out worship to God. There's many different reasons that we gather together on Sunday morning and different views that people have of the Sunday meeting. Some people think of the Sunday meeting sort of as a lecture. So we come and we get some information. It's kind of like an informational seminar. Uh, and then we kind of go on with our lives. Or maybe there's a spiritual high we're looking for. So, um, so maybe the preaching isn't that big of a deal, but the preaching is kind of there to get us amped up to like have some kind of spiritual experience or uh, it's more of a ritual thing that we go through this and we do that and we sing this song and then we take communion and then we do this because it's kind of a comforting ritual for us or it's just kind of a, kind of a social club that you kind of get through the church service because you get to hang out with people before and after, Right? Church, what I want you to see today, to connect all we've heard today and yesterday to, to what we do on Sunday is, is that we're part of something far bigger than a social club. We're part of something far bigger than a lecture. We're part of something far bigger than, than coming in to sort of get a spiritual high so we can go into our week. God gathers his people to pour out his presence in many ways, the, the Bible is the story of, of God regathering a people for himself. Because in the beginning, what happened? God created the garden where Adam and Eve dwelt with God in the garden under his rule, right? That Adam walked with the Lord. And so you see this picture of what our lives were meant to be as human beings. But then what happens? Adam and Eve sin and they, were, they, they get cut off from God's presence and, and one of the, the things that happens is they get cast out of the garden, cast away from the presence of the Lord, condemned to spiritual punishment and separation. And so these people, humanity, we were made to dwell with God, and yet because of what we've done, God has put us out of the garden. But what happens? Well, we see God's people begin to be regathered. God gathers for himself a people. He comes to a pagan named Abraham. Uh, this guy, Abraham, wasn't Jewish. He was a pagan, right? He was just out there worshiping who knows what gods. And God sees him and says, you, Abraham, through you, I'm gonna make a people. 
through, through you, all of the nations of the earth are gonna be blessed. And so he, 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 th- this line in Genesis continues. And what happens is the, that the people of God go into captivity and then God frees them. And in Exodus 29, we read this. This is the purpose of God for his people. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and Aaron also and his sons I will consecrate to serve me as priests. And listen, I will dwell among the people of Israel and be their God. See, that, that hasn't happened since the garden. But he's saying this people, I will dwell among this people and be their God and they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. See, God brings his people out of Egypt. He gathers his people so that he can dwell among them. Sometimes we, we think of God sort of in a business relationship. Well, God does this for us and he, he does that so he can get us to do these things. No, no, God gathers this people so that he can dwell among them. Israel was unique in the ancient world because for, for people of that day, gods dwelt like on a mountain somewhere. They dwelt up in the air somewhere. They dwelt over there somewhere. But for God's people, he dwelt actually with them. He, he says, I'm gonna consecrate this tent of meeting and I'm not gonna dwell over there. I'm gonna dwell here with you as God's people. But unfortunately, in the Old Testament, God's people sinned against God and God separated himself. And and you see this cycle and there's always gonna be a problem. God's people separate themselves by sin and yet God regathers them and God's people cut themselves off and God begins to regather them. And so this was gonna continue forever. So what did God do? He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to dwell among us as a living and walking tent of meeting. He didn't, he didn't uh, you know, put Jesus on a mountaintop and say, okay, Jesus is gonna kind of talk to you from up there. Jesus came and lived among us and then he died among us. Jesus was cast out just as Adam and Eve deserved to be. Jesus didn't deserve to be cast out, but he was cast out and cut off so that what? So that because Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He could regather a people for himself so that this separation between God and man would be removed, our sins would be paid for, so that once more God could dwell with his people. So we read in Ephesians 2, 19, as we did this morning, so then you're no longer strangers, okay, the other people, or aliens, those people over there, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, the thing that makes the people of God unique is not that they're all of one race or of one nation, Aren't you grateful for that this morning that we have brothers and sisters in China where we're not united under one government or one group or one people or one set of interests. We're united because God has made a way for us to dwell with him again. The special presence of God is what defines us, church. So what happens? God gathers his people through the cross and what happens? He pours out his presence and then we respond by pouring out worship. See, the temple wasn't supposed to be a passive place. You don't just show up at the temple. What do you do with the temple? 
You worship at the temple. God dwells with us and we respond in worship. We, we, we don't gather, listen, we don't gather at church to seek God's favor in some kind of pagan way, trying to worship God enough, trying to dance around enough to get God to pour down blessing on us like worshipers gathered around idols. See, it was, it was the opposite. In, in pagan cultures, the people initiated with the gods to try to get blessing. But in, with our God, God initiates with us and we respond in worship. We don't worship to get God. We worship because God has come to dwell among us. Now, here's what this means. We often think of worship simply as singing. It's our time of worship and then we have a time of preaching or something. But worship is anything we do to lift up our, 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 our time, our energy, our money, to anything. It could be football. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. And so Paul says in Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. So, so in this temple, what's being offered to the Lord? Our lives are being offered to the Lord. We don't just give something and try to placate God. We offer up our very selves to God in worship. John Piper says this, and he says this famously, and you guys have probably heard it. He says, missions, taking the gospel to other countries, taking the gospel to to places uh, like China when there was really very few Christians, taking the gospel to people who have never heard about Jesus, missions exist because worship does not. That the reason... We take the gospel to the ends of the earth is not so that they'll be like us, so that they'll dress like us, so that they'll um, kind of become like us in some way. We, we take the gospel to these people because we believe God has poured out his, his spirit through his son, his death on the cross to make a way for us. That's happened so that we can worship God and we love to worship God and so we take the gospel to other nations so that they too might worship God so that they too might experience the presence of God dwelling among them and respond in worship. We take the gospel to other nations because we firmly believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus Christ should be lifted up in every corner of this globe. Church, is there any corner that Jesus Christ does not deserve to be worshiped? No, no. From the most obscure tribe, as we heard, uh, in, in Colombia and in South America to Asia to the 1.4 billion people in China to the Middle East, all of these places, friends, all of these places, Christ should be worshiped and lifted up. And so yesterday, we got to see uh, uh, people worshiping in just this tiny room in this, in this Asian country singing to God. We got to see people worshiping in Nigeria. We got to see, thanks to Dr. Hormuz, uh, people in Iran worshiping via satellite because they can't even gather in public. And all across the globe, these, these people are gathering and God is dwelling among them and they're lifting up worship to God and here's what happens something unique happens when God's people gather see Christianity is not just an individual religion it's not just me and Jesus this is what's insane church this is where I want to bring this down to when we get together on Sunday something happens and God dwells among us in a way that doesn't happen when we're just there with our Bible in the morning because Because in this moment, the the blood that Jesus shed 
to bring us to him means that the people of God begin to be gathered into a holy temple. Do you realize this place is holy on Sunday when you walk in? That Jesus died so that his presence could be here. And I love it. I love that every Sunday I get stories from people saying, look, I came in discouraged and I was encouraged. I came in downcast and God lifted me up. I came in thinking this is the end. I don't know if I can go on. And God brought strength to me. Do you know why that happens? It doesn't happen because we, we like psych ourselves up with music and I talk loud, okay? It happens despite that because of the presence of God. So, When we gather to worship God, remember this church, it is not a means to an end. It is the end for which we are saved. When we sing to Jesus, that's why he died. So we could worship him. When we give our offerings, that's that's an, an incredible act of worship where we say, Jesus, you are more precious than money and stuff. When we share in the announcements what God is doing in our church and what by God's grace we're going to do, that's, that's highlighting the work of God and giving him glory. When somebody comes up here and teaches from the Bible, you know what happens? Worship happens as we repent, as our hearts change, as we glorify God in our minds, and then as we respond by taking communion or respond by baptizing somebody or respond by praying for people, we're, we're responding to the presence of God in worship. And you know what we do? We do this on Sunday morning, gathered as a people so that we can scatter and do it across this city, through Fort Bliss and into Mexico and across this whole area. I love and Pastor John's stories. You know who took the gospel to him? It wasn't, it wasn't a famous evangelist. It was somebody that was saved for one month, gave you that Bible. Friends, if you've been saved a month, if you've been saved a day, Your life has been reoriented into worship. And so we gather to worship and we scatter to worship. And then we regather to worship and we scatter to worship. And if you get anything, get this, that God gathers his people through the shed blood of Jesus so that he can pour out his presence and dwell among them so that we can respond by pouring out worship. And I want to end in a real particular way. I know we, we are out of time, but we got to do this. Um, Dr. Homos, could I have you join me? Dr. Homos leads Iran Alive Ministries and was one of the speakers yesterday. Uh, can we welcome him as he comes up? So what I, I'm going to ask Dr. Uh, if you would do for us is explain the pl- the, just briefly, the plight of Christians in Iran, why they, why they can't do this, and then lead us in a prayer for them today. Sure, yeah. Well, God is doing special work in Iran, and the church is growing so fast. And so the government is reacting to what uh, God is doing. A number of Christians growing, uh, underground churches growing. So the persecution um, became worse the last two years just because of that, because Christians are witnesses. And uh, they have closed the building churches. So something like this, especially for Muslim background believers, does not happen in Iran. Um, Even house churches, underground house churches, many of them have been destroyed the last two years. There are hundreds of underground house church leaders in jail right now. People are afraid to gather. They could be in jail, even gathering at home and worshiping God, they have been arrested. So when they watch church services, they burn with jealousy. They say, I wish, I wish I could do that. And that's what we help them to do to have family worship, 
to gather with friends and family members through television. We not only tell them, we can model them, and they are experiencing church. The last few months, we have been doing a church over television, and people, uh, this, uh, you know, they get ready just like, just like you guys. They say, let's get ready for church. They take showers, they put their clothes on, and they, they put the chairs, and they sit, and they worship with us on television, and they experience God where they are. So want you to value what God has given us, the freedom here. Sometimes we even, you know, there's so many good churches, we don't even feel like going to church, but value God's body. And I want to pray for you, and you pray for them. Lord, I'm so thankful for this church that has a heart from you, Lord, and Pastor Ricky, and uh, members, Lord, that they are not only thinking about themselves, but the the countries and the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. I pray a blessing as they try to bless others. I pray for this church, this gathering, Lord, that will be a light into darkness in this city first and around the world, Lord God. I pray for each member that as, as they gather and they scatter, they will be carriers of your presence, the carriers of your love and grace throughout the week, Lord. Wherever they go, you go, Lord. And wherever they, whatever they say, you say, Lord. I pray you use them. Uh, in this city, with the neighbors, with their co-workers, Lord, I pray give us and give them a courage to speak up. Lord, we are not ashamed of your gospel because of the power of God for salvation. For those who believe, Lord, I pray that as they go out, as they become church in the city, Lord, that you attract the people who are hungry for truth, hungry for the, your presence, will be attracted to them and will be influenced by their lives and will be impacted by their message. I pray that this church will impact this city. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you, you go to us when we cannot come to you. And Lord, and you came to this man many years ago and you put a call on his life to preach the gospel specifically to the people of Iran. And Lord, these, these people that, that cannot gather in a church, Lord, um, his ministry week to week is, is part of their spiritual food, their spiritual diet, their, their church, Lord. And Lord, I pray for them as they gather today, Lord, maybe behind closed doors, maybe even fearful of what others would do if they found out, Lord, I pray you would strengthen them, Lord, because when you gather your people, you pour out your spirit. And so, Lord, pour out your spirit among all of our brothers and sisters in Haran that are gathering today. Lord, may, may they be light and salt to the people around them. May they be bold and unashamed with the gospel of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for Dr. Homos as he, as he seeks to serve them, Lord, his heart is so evident that he wants to see these believers served and helped and strengthened and encouraged. Lord, I pray you would bless his ministry, strengthen his, his arms for this task, Lord, and give him the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. These verses from Ephesians speak to who we are in Jesus and how we became one of his. Pastor Ricky will be taking us through the book of Ephesians, seeking the answer to the question, who am I? For more information, email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 915-562-7100. You can learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at betternewsradio.com. You'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events on our website. We also encourage you to follow the Cross of Grace Twitter feed at Cross of Grace EP, where Ricky tweets additional thoughts about the messages you hear on Better News Radio. Or connect with us on Facebook at Cross of Grace EP. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Better News Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Better News Radio.